We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Title Run Podcast. I'm your host, David Thay, here with an SEC championship game preview with the number one Georgia Bulldogs facing off against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Again, <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. And uh, we are really excited as Georgia fans and Georgia alum, the three of us, as I'm joined by my, my good buddies, uh, Scott the Stat Assassin. Scott, tell the people what's up. Uh, stat of the day, Georgia Tech has given up 100 unanswered points in their last two games. Oh, Lord. <laughs> uh, Dr. J, try to top that. <laughs> I got nothing. That's 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 glorious. Go dogs. We are Dog Nation coming to you from three different parts of the country. Go ahead, Scott. I was like, people already been uh, photoshopping Jeff Collins' face on that little Chamberlain picture. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so uh, if you're new to the show, please follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter. You can email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. And please make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. Um, as many of my good friends know, I am a diehard Michigan fan. I liked Michigan football since way before I was a Georgia fan. They were the first team that I ever followed. And it's a good day for me. As I texted my one of my former players, y'all know who I'm talking about, who's up there. And I just, you know, said, hey, it's a great win. Go blue. And he texted me back, go blue with double exclamation points. So he's pumped. So I was excited. That was exciting. Did he get in the he get in the game any? He's playing special teams. Um, okay. unfortunately, the corners that were in front of him all returned from last season. And the other corner that got recruited in his class is playing ahead of him. I think he really is gonna get on the field next year. Um, he loves it there. So I have a another defensive back that I coach that's at Georgia Tech. And I am very concerned for his future, not because of his actual ability, but because I'm very scared they're going to fire his DC, who he really likes, and coach Thacker. So I don't know how that's going to affect his standing because that kid's probably going to play as a sophomore. We, we got room for depth and safety next year. Come on. Yes, we do. He's good at the play at Georgia. Georgia, I told y'all, pardon the expression, kind of dry humped him in recruiting. So... <laughs> uh, but that's another story for the day. If you ain't like number one or number two of your position, that's all you get, right? That's literally what it was. He was like the third safety, third or fourth safety on Georgia's board. So they wanted to keep him around. And he was like, F this. I'm going to Tech where they're showing me love. Anyways, we're off the rails. Tech, not good. Georgia, good. Uh, yeah, 45 to nothing. Georgia really pulled the reins back because, I mean, if they wanted to, they could have pecker slapped this into a 70 to nothing game. I mean, it was – they scored as much as they wanted 50, to. 51 plays. I think that's how many plays George ran. Wow. 51. 51? Yeah. That was a get this game over with, get out of town, no more injuries, please. Yeah, and I'm a little annoyed because I kept saying, why is Stetson Bennett still in this game? Like, especially when you weren't going to throw the ball anymore, why is JT Daniels not getting reps? Like, running the RPOs, just doing running the offense. I just – that was one thing that baffled me. I get that it's Stetson's team. We're not even talking about that here. It's just the game was over after – 15 minutes like why is JT Daniels not getting reps and we still it was funny because you know George doesn't really have true twos we have our ones and our one a's and then we have threes and our threes are basically like all freshmen uh so like George on defense when they subbed out it was like okay wow they really subbed out we got like Chambliss in here DJ Daniel and again those guys aren't even twos those guys are like threes because their twos play and I look over an offense and yeah. okay why why is why is Stetson Bennett still in the game? Why is Fitzpatrick and Brock Bauer still in the game? Like, what are we doing? So. You know, Kirk, Kirby's pretty conservative with that stuff. I tend to think the same way you do, David, and especially with what we've got coming up, you know, thinking about trying not to get guys hurt. But, I mean, Kirby, he kind of took some heat for that, actually, after the Tennessee game for yeah. the same thing, especially yeah. with, like, guys going down on the field, um, some of which maybe were real injuries and some of which weren't. <laughs> but, um, but, I mean, so, some of them were. And, yeah. uh, you know, he got a lot of questions about that, too, about, like, why are they still in the game? And I don't know. He seems to be kind of conservative about that. But, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about that earlier today, <laughs> that we've been doing that all season. I mean, it literally yeah. has been every single yep. game mm -hmm. since Clemson that um, we just we honestly have not had to. And for the most part, haven't played our starters like most of the second half of many games. I was just thinking that makes our offensive and defensive stats even more, more crazy yeah. like than what they actually like we really a lot of our fourth quarters and several games even well into the third quarter it's literally been second and third stringers yeah and 
just to recap very quickly what Georgia did today, as we previewed Georgia and Alabama, uh, Georgia absolutely railroads Tech. Over 400 yards of offense. I think Tech had under 160 yards of offense. Uh, it was it was ugly. It wasn't a fun game to watch. It was quite boring, honestly. Georgia didn't even try to score in the second half. I mean, it, there's just really not a lot to report. This game went exactly like everybody in the world knew it would go. I had on Michigan and Ohio State on a second screen and paid a lot more attention to that game than to this one because, honestly, you learned nothing about Georgia from this game. On the other end of the spectrum, we learned a lot about Alabama for their from their 24-22 victory over uh, Auburn, which they got very, very lucky to come away with a victory out of that game. Auburn playing without their starting quarterback at 6-5 and five gave Alabama all they wanted and more. And if not for some poor clock management at the end, Alabama may not have gotten a shot to come back and win that game. So to four overtimes. Yeah, four overtimes in the new overtime rules. By far Alabama's worst offensive performance of the year. Bryce Young, I think, entered the fourth quarter with like 88 passing yards, finished like 317. Uh, they had dropped passes. He muffed snaps. They had no run game. They botched a field goal. It, I think I couldn't get the final number. I tried to find this. Was it either eight or nine sacks they allowed? I mean, so 71 rushing yards, guys. I mean, it, a lot of the things that we saw in the game against Auburn are things that have popped up at times during the regular season. Mm-hmm. And we'll, true. we'll cover more Preach. of those things in detail. So there, there wasn't quite as much new as, uh, as people might think, right? If people hadn't watched Alabama and they're used to the Alabama of previous years mm-hmm. with basically no flaws, right? They might be surprised, but some of those trends have been there. And we've been um, talking about that all season long with our group text, but like this is not 2018, 2019, 2020 Alabama. And we knew that. And a down Alabama team means that they're what going to finish 12 and two, you know, and finish in the top five. That's a down year for Alabama, but this is not a dominant team. And like Scott, you said, these flaws have been there all year long and kind of, kind of looking at that as Alabama, just the fact that they Alabama entered the fourth quarter of this game scoreless. Like I, I, that still boggles my mind. And we talked about there's this big perception. There's this big gap in perception between the Alabama offense and the Georgia offense that's not real, which we're going to talk about in a second here. But as we get into the tail of the tape of these two teams, Scott, you want to go over some of the differences in their rankings? I want to touch on one thing real quickly, just that um, if you take factor in today's uh, statistical output, Alabama is right, right around 42 points a game, and Georgia is right under 41 points a game. So this perception that Georgia has this very mediocre offense, it's just not true. And had Georgia wanted to run up the score in some more of these games, Georgia could be a 45-point-a-game offense if they really wanted to in some of these other games. Like, they wanted to score three more touchdowns in Tech, that's going to jump them up to 46 points. They'd be, score- they'd be averaging more points per game in Alabama if they wanted to, based on what they could have done today. And Georgia is now down to 6.9 points per game allowed. So most of the stats we are going to give you are through today, are prior to today's games, because a lot of it's not updated. Scott, go ahead and jump through some of this tail of tape stuff, man, some of the comparisons, just overall for the two teams. Yeah, and just to, to jump on what you're saying there real quick, if if Georgia had gone to Auburn and had 70 yards of offense in the first half, boy, you would never hear the end of Woo! it, right? <laughs> in this case, it's going to be a little bit masked by the fact that Bama's going to turn around and play a meaningful game the next game right after, mm-hmm. right? So people don't really care that much because right. the bigger game's next week. And also, they had four overtimes to pad all those stats. And mm-hmm. those four overtimes is where, I don't know, 40% of their yards and mm-hmm. the majority yeah. of their points came from, mm-hmm. right? The majority of their 24 total points. I mean, they scored 24. They had 10 at the end of regulation. That, that needs to be stated. Yeah. They ended this game with 10 points. Yeah. After four quarters of football. Unthinkable. Yeah. And, and if Georgia had played a 10-10 game against, you know, anybody oh i don't know say maybe a team like clemson who is much much better defensively <laughs> than auburn and was still healthy at the time yeah and yep. and georgia's leading receiver was a walk-on because the whole receiving core was dead um it would be <laughs> all about true. how bad georgia's offense is right mm-hmm. and alabama's like oh well jameson williams was out it was like are you kidding me george pickens played his first snaps today people mm-hmm. anyway we're yeah <laughs> been there we've said enough about that uh, so yeah, Alabama squeaked it out against Auburn, finished 11 and one. Um, they're pretty much number two or number three in every poll or every metric out there, right? AP, coaches, playoff rankings, you know, 
SP plus FPI, FEI, all those things. Eh, granted, they might drop to four in some random ranking right. or poll after this, but you know, we're, we're coming in hot here. Uh, their one loss was 41 to 38 against Texas A&M who was playing a backup quarterback. So on one hand, that's kind of a little bit embarrassing. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, he did not play like a backup that game. So, you know, I don't really think of it as, oh, they lost to a backup because the backup kind of played like God. Insert my Zach Calzada stories, which I've talked about, played against, coached against this kid two years in a row in high school. We picked him off six times. I think he's a buster. He's crazy talented. That's the best game I have ever seen him play in my life. His OC was my best is my best friend, and we talked about this for years. He's got the ability to do that every week, but he never does it. And then in the biggest game of his life against Alabama, he mm -hmm. plays like a freaking stud. I wow. mean, we, I went back and watched that game again yesterday. Some of the throws he made at people at his feet were just unreal. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. it was wild. So it's, you know, it, it's hard to fault Alabama too much because – the backup quarterback for AM played like Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden, right? <laughs> so, um, uh, anyway, so they're a better offensive team than defense. Um, they were number two in offense today, coming in behind Ohio State. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, they have dropped. Yeah. Um, number 11 on defense. These are SP plus rankings. So, adjust for tempo, opponent, blah, blah, blah. Um, they average 6.7 yards per play and give up 4.6. I mentioned that because the difference there is 2.1. The general round number benchmark of 2.0 is about what you expect for playoff teams. Okay. That's a good stat. Historically. Okay. So you look at just their yards per play, which, you know, that's every play of the whole season. So, mm -hmm. you know, garbage time, pretty, everything. pretty helpful. Yeah, and, and you can those I think those numbers you can get them with garbage time filtered out. Yeah. So I think that's actually with garbage time okay. filtered out, maybe. But hey, can I add one thing in real quickly? You said there's a six point seven. Georgia's at six point nine yards per play for the season, folks. Yeah. So again, that again, the perception that Georgia has this mediocre offense, it's just wrong. I'm sorry, Scott. Please continue. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. So uh the average score of the Bama games right this season, 44 to 20. Yeah. So you can see 44 points. That's getting it done. Uh, 20 on defense. It's not terrible, but you're not exactly shutting people down either, right? Mm -hmm. um, the the top players, I think everybody you know that pays much attention at this point already knows is you know Bryce Young at quarterback and Jameson Williams and Mechie at receiver, and then on defense, uh, Will Anderson is there one one guy that people know by name. And he's the only person that the announcers will know by name. Mm -hmm. And they will talk about him and only him the That's whole right. time. Yep. And don't get me wrong. He's very good. Uh, yeah. But yeah. They will yes. only talk about him. So yeah, worst offensive outputs, right? Uh, 10 today against Auburn, 20 versus LSU. Uh, most points was the 41 against yeah. Texas A&M. And, you know, it is a common opponent's it's always interesting. It can be a little dangerous, right? When mm -hmm. you do like the transitive property, right? When you're in the same conference, it's a little better. I agree because you play them all in the same chunk of the year, mostly, mm -hmm. right? During the conference schedule, and you can start to have, you know, four, five, six common opponents. It's a little bit better, right? If you look at the common opponent opponents, Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, and Auburn, uh, Georgia came out much better, right? Yeah, Alabama won those games. Average score, 36 to 28, 4-0. Uh, Georgia, 36 to 9. Yeah, 4-0. These, these scores are not the same. No. Granted, no. It, it's still a four-game sample size. Yeah. So this, this does track with how both teams have played, right? Georgia has been better than Alabama. 12-0, um, ranked number one, all the polls, all the metrics, right? Uh, coming into today, number four offense by SP+. Plus and number one defense and the yards per play there 6.9 on offense 3.7 allowed so that's a difference of 3.2 uh we mentioned that two mm. is the number for a playoff yeah. team being over three is like win the national title level yeah, you're good and mm -hmm. that's how the team's played right mm -hmm. average score was 40 to 8 coming into today's game against tech so now that's like 41 to seven or something, yeah, right? Yeah, that's right. 
point up and down on each. So, and you know, the top players for Georgia, everybody here kind of knows the entire front seven. <laughs> yeah. The whole front seven and, and really the whole defense, yeah. um, but, but really, you know, Jordan Davis, Jalen Carter, Nicobe Dean, those are some of the guys that'll get talked about the most and offensively, man, Brock Bowers, you know, oh, oh. maybe, maybe George Pickens, if he's healthy, I don't, I don't yeah. think George Pickens will be that dude against Alabama. No. There's a chance he could be that dude in the playoffs, no. but that, that's all guessing, right? We don't really know. So. Time out. If you did not watch the tech game or did not pay attention like I did, the one play I did pay attention to was Brock Flowers taking a slant 77 yards for touchdown where he catches the ball surrounded by six Georgia Tech defenders, splits them all, and hauls booty all the way to the end zone. It was unreal. I can't wait to see the GPS tracking speed on that. That dude was moving. I, I cackled because when he caught it, I was like, oh, he's about to split those two dudes. I did too. And then he yeah. did. And then he split the next two dudes, <laughs> and then I started laughing. <laughs> so I got the audience going to split the first two guys, but it was the second set that got me. A freakish, freakish play. And then his his other – did he have three touchdowns today or two? He, he had two or three. Two. Well, anyway, the other one where he completely mossed the guy. Oh, on the yeah. On the side, like, and then just, like, beautifully turned his body and, like, put the one foot down. I mean, he just absolutely showed the whole package today. And then – um there was like a tweet after from our tight ends coach about basically um, sort of a veiled shot at the Mackey award for not making him a finalist. I think. Whoa, 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 wait. Yeah, you're joking, yeah. right? No, he wasn't. He wasn't in the top three. Are it's, you serious? He's, Dude, he's, yep. Yeah. He's going to be an all American. It is pretty embarrassing. I forget all the guys on the list, but man, leaving Bowers off already did not age well. It's tough. So. It's tough. Yeah. He's going to be, a like a second team all american and like okay okay so but sorry i'm sorry we digress but it, we're gonna get to why this is so important because alabama has a problem with tight ends so we'll get to we'll get to i know i'm slowing us down here all right c- continue um scott you mentioned uh continuing on you mentioned george pickens i don't care if george pickens catches a pass it's kind of like steph curry he's got gravity Put George Pickens out there on the sideline. Like, I mean, like literally stand him as close to being out of bounds as he possibly can and watch them roll a, roll a corner or safety over there and then just run whatever you want to run the rest of the field. He's got that kind of impact on the game. Yep. And honestly, you know, this is lame, but in a season where you've played so many young guys, having a big physical receiver that can block is yeah. actually meaningful, right? We've talked a lot before this year. The run game has been very consistent. A lot of successful plays, not a lot of explosive plays. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times those explosive plays come with George Pickens bearing a dude onto the sideline and hopefully not getting ejected for the SEC championship game because he just started <laughs> beating him into the bricks. But that also unfortunately happens sometimes. So let's go directly into the matchups now. We kind of talked about both teams overall. And going into this game, we would all tell you, Georgia is the better team and should win this game. Now, how that's going to happen is what we're going to break down. Is there any disagreement there? No. Yeah. No. Nope. Georgia is the better team on paper, I think, actually in reality, and they should win this game. The great thing is, as we know, Georgia's going to get two shots at it because I think they have a 96% chance of making the playoff, no matter what the outcome of this game is, mm-hmm. barring them losing 70 to nothing. It might be 99 win. plus. Yeah, it might yeah. be 99 plus. I mean, now. yeah. There is literally no scenario I can see where Georgia is not in the playoff. Alabama, what are y'all's general impressions of their offense versus Georgia defense? What do you expect to see? What are the what are the mismatches? What are the difficult matchups for Georgia? What are y'all thinking? Yeah, I mean, the, the offense, as, as we've said, is definitely the more scary half of their team for sure. And then after watching the Auburn game today, you kind of think like, okay, well, wait a minute. Maybe, maybe, not, maybe not as scary as we thought, yeah. right? But certainly the thing that – simultaneously uh, is encouraging for Georgia fans, but then also depending upon how pessimistic you want to be, could be a little scary. Is there lack of balance, right? They, they don't have much of a running game. Um, I, I do think Brian Robinson is like a really excellent running back. I mean, every time yeah, I watch good. him, I'm just really impressed with, with the way that he runs. Um, so I don't know um, if it is their problems on the offensive line or just sort of a scheme commitment, but 
but definitely there's nothing about the running game that scares you, especially against our defense. So that would make you feel good in that, you know, that does seem like um, somewhat of a weakness that we can exploit, except that you would rather teams try to run the ball against mm-hmm. us probably <laughs> yeah. than yep. to just, um, and not that I think that Nick Saban is going to abandon the run game. I, he won't unless he has to, which he may have to, but um, I don't think that he'll abandon the run game, but almost uh, you would rather them, have a prayer at running it <laughs> such that mm-hmm. they don't just continue to have Rice Young unload to Mechie and Jamison Williams, because yeah. those three guys, I mean, they are all legitimately very, very good and explosive players. And if they do have a chance of hanging with us in this game, it's, you know, it's from explosive plays from those guys. Um, so I, I will say just one other thing matchup wise here is um, if you were going to nitpick anything about our, um, historically awesome defense i would say the pass rush has maybe gone down just a click um here recently in the last few games um n- not a ton we still have a great pass rush <laughs> we we st- have historically great defense but again if you're picking out things to watch um certainly the loss of adam anderson has had something to do with that um mm. but i that that's the one thing i i don't entirely trust our secondary to hold down Alabama passing game, you know, Mm, for the entire, uh, for the entire game. Um, I, we're going to need the pass rush to get to young and um, we might need some guys to sort of step up there in a way that maybe they haven't just here in recent weeks. Yeah. I think you've really seen the, the lack of Adam Anderson a little bit as far as pressure that comes by just lining up and immediately beating your man on the edge. Mm -hmm. That's where we haven't had it. Right there's still been a lot of pressure from different type of blitz looks, right? They have brought Tyndall, uh, you know, he's oh, yes, they rushed have. the passer on blitzes a, a lot more. Wow. I mean, the majority of his pass rush reps have been in the last like three games. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but Adam Anderson is your guy or his specialty is line up pass rush situations, beat a guy on the edge one-on-one, right? Nolan Smith, will do that at times. He is a little bit more of a, a well-rounded mm-hmm. kind of all-around player. Um, and, and Anderson is too. They're really not that different, but they definitely play those two roles a little bit, right? And and then your other, your next pass rusher would have been Jermaine Johnson, who like left to go to Florida State so he could play all the snaps and, and, he's doing and get double-digit well. sacks. Yeah, he sure did. He's doing very well. Yeah, so, so yeah, that – it definitely hasn't been there. Been getting pass rush by, you know, a lot of simulated pressures, a lot of zone blitzes. Um, a, a lot of that, and just the pass rush in general, has been pretty successful against Bama this year. Bryce Young has taken a lot of sacks this mm-hmm. year, right, David? You mentioned he had a lot, of, mm-hmm. took a lot of sacks today. He's taken a lot of sacks this year. He does not run a whole lot. Mm-mm. This is one of the questions that we've had coming into this game, yeah. right? Is Will they run Bryce Young in this game? Yeah. Are they going to take a page out of the like Clemson playbook where you know that you're going to make it to the big time games without ever running your quarterback? Yeah. And you just save all those quarterback yeah. hits for like the playoffs, which effectively is what the SEC championship game always is, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, Alabama, they're averaging four yards a rush. Not great. That's not great, right? I mean, does anybody think that the Georgia run game has been particularly dominant this year? No. No. Averaging 5.2, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's a pretty yeah. big gap, and people yeah. are very underwhelmed or disappointed with the run game, and Alabama only averaging four a carry. That's yikes. Um, it- uh, overall, the quarterback plus receiving core, especially at the starters, Williams and Mechie and the tight ends, right? really good combination and they run a lot of the same stuff they have in the past right slants a lot of things to beat man heavy rpo man if if they just can't run the ball i mean we're just gonna stay in too high the whole game right yeah they do some things to try to get you out of that like they do a lot of bunch sets where you have to split your safeties to adjust to the trips and uh, get one safety over to the trip so that you can get four over three to play your zone matches and they do things to get you out of that and they hit some of the deep shots out of that. Some of the same stuff Tennessee did. They, they have similar concepts, but you said this, Scott, in your notes, but they run a lot of man beaters. Like they are trying to get a matchup with 
Jamison Williams or John Mechie one-on-one with someone that can't cover them, which Georgia does not have someone that can cover them. Like they don't like, we don't have anybody that can cover Jamison Williams. I don't know that we have anybody that can cover John Mechie. Um, but again, uh, it's Me- a team Mechie scheme. doesn't. Yeah, Messi doesn't scare me as much on the. He's more the run of the catch guy. He's more run of the catch guy. Same, same for me. I, I'm, I'm having Josh Van flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, I'm having. Uh, uh, what's the guy for Tennessee? Is it Tillman? Is that? The I receiver? don't know. They're, they have three good ones. He had like two hundred yards receiving against. No, that was Tillman. I, I think yeah. Um, like just as y'all both said, like we have shown a potential vulnerability for that. And Jameson, I was just looking at some of Williams' numbers today. I didn't realize how good they were. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the season, he is like 20 yards per catch. Yeah, he's close to and, it. And that's and that's on yeah. like that's on like nearly 60 receptions. Um, <laughs> it's I, I think it's 50 something receptions, 20 yeah. yards per catch. That guy, that guy scares me, and he, yeah, um, he should. They, they will find some good spots for him for sure. And and the thing too. Uh, Mentioning this, one of the ways that they were able to defend against Alabama for three and a half quarters was the pass rush. And what what teams like Texas A&M do is they blitz. And what shocked me was Texas A&M and Auburn got away with playing man against Alabama's receivers for long stretches of the game. Mm-hmm. Now, what they do is they don't play zero. They play two man or they play a lot of man free so that, hey, we're going to play a man. You go double James, whoever's on Jamison Williams. And that's and I was just amazed that they were able to get away with doing that. Michigan did it at Ohio State today. And if you have a good front and you add blitzes in, you can get to Alabama. And the big turnstile has been at right tackle. People, that's well documented. But you watch these games, you watch the sacks. I'd tell you 80% of Alabama sacks are coming through their right tackle, where they are very, yep. very weak. So which which sort of highlights the still the potential issue of not having an Adam Anderson type mm-hmm. that he that he would have been perfect for that matchup. And um, I don't think we're going to miss that to a degree that we're going to end up regretting, but um, you could imagine it. And Georgia, just for the record, is number three in the nation in sacks. So we are a very, very good pass rushing team. Yes. I don't know that anybody on our team has more than six-ish sacks, but we do it by committee. You have a linebacker here at three, a guy here at six, a guy here at five. And if you're asking me what I think I'm going to see in this game, which what I think we'll see in this game, I do not think Alabama will run the ball effectively. I don't think anybody does. I do think that because Brian Robinson breaks tackles, he will be effective on getting some short yardage conversions. Um, but there are several times where they try to run the ball in short yardage and lost two or three yards because Auburn just swallowed them up in the backfield, shooting gaps, slanting at the line of scrimmage. And you just have to think, I mean – You've seen this now. They haven't run the ball really well in three or four games. And, mm-hmm. like, they didn't run the ball great at, Ole Miss, at Arkansas either. And it's just like, I, at some point, it's not a bad game. It's who you are. I don't think they're going to run the ball. I think Bryce Young is going to face a lot of pressure. Here's the big question. When we get there, will we tackle him? Mm-hmm. Because if if you don't get him, it's a first down or it's a big, or it's a big play down the field. And you yeah. saw that at the end of the game. Auburn missed him a few times late in the game, and he got out and made plays. Yeah, and, and that's where a lot of those big Jamison Williams-type plays come from, right? It comes from them having either really good pass blocking and a, him a long time to sit back there yeah. a lot of times, especially like, yes. you know, like a lot of the, the, the long post routes or stuff like this, or times where he's moving around in the pocket, evading somebody, slipping a tackle, and then throwing it deep, right? That's where a lot of their big plays happen. And I wrote this down, Scott, that – Bryce Young is a good runner, probably should run more. And so you kind of echoed that, like, it'll be interesting to see, will he run? He is a good runner. He probably should rumble, run and scramble more than he does. Will he actually run? And, and I if just really, he runs, will he survive? And that's the yeah, thing. He is <laughs> right. He is too a skinny, like, like smaller yeah. than Tua even. I mean, I mean, you know, Anthony Richardson is a pretty, you know, well put together guy. We beat him he to didn't pieces. make it. We beat right. him to pieces uh, in that game. Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker at Tennessee. He's pretty well built. Yeah, guy. he is. He did not make it. Mm-hmm. Right? So that is something that I'm sure that Alabama coaching staff is aware of. And they're going to want to maximize things and get just as much running out of Bryson as possible while also not getting him killed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the last few times we played Alabama, we have manufactured – pressure and manufactured yes, sacks yes we right, are by 
uh, alignment and formation and bringing guys and stuff like that. It hasn't been talked about because we didn't win those games, Mm -hmm. but sort of schematically, we've kind of pumped them like three times in a row a little bit. I'm curious if they're going to catch up to that at some Mm -hmm. point. And in last year's game, Mac Jones, we got to a few times, but he's so efficient getting the ball out. He's like, I hate to make the comparison, but like we have really good quarterbacks. Like I hate to say this, Tom Brady, like guys that like they see the blitz coming and the ball is either in the ground or it's in the bleachers or it's in a receiver's hands before you ever get there because they understand how to beat pressure. I think we sacked Mac, Mac Jones, like the second or third play of the game last year, but he's a guy that was hard to get to just because the balls have come out of his hands. Bryce Young is not that Bryce Young will hold the ball. I mean, he will hold the ball because he thinks he can make the plays. And I think that you can get to him, but you have to get him on the ground. You have to get him on the ground. And, and, and I think in a year or two, Bryson will be there. Be that guy. Yeah. But he's, he's still a younger quarterback. Yeah. Right. And it, it's similar to like when we were playing to a, right, his redshirt freshman oh, year or whatever. He, right? he would hold the ball so long. And it was the same thing. He would hold the ball. He was making predetermined reads. There were things that you could see from like a process standpoint. They were not that great, even though the results were awesome. And then when we play in the SEC championship game, we were able to take advantage of that, right? We were able to bait him into some interceptions, mm-hmm. times where the safeties right. would intentionally drift one way and then just turn and sprint the other half of the field, and a nice, easy interception. So, yeah, there, there may be some of that stuff. I, I think Bryce Young has been better about how he processes the game as a first-year starter than Tua was. Oh, yeah. He's a lot better than think, Tua was. Yeah. But – there will be some times where you can dial up a blitz or do something, you know, some of these zone blitz is getting a little bit unique, right? This like bluff pressure looks and then dropping out mm-hmm. where you force them to pat the ball an extra time and hold mm-hmm. it and, and eat a sack on a third down. Mm-hmm. And I will say this, considering that Georgia has game planned Alabama extraordinarily well, the last three times we played them last year, Georgia lost because we didn't have good enough dudes particularly on offense, we couldn't score. And people people forget this. We led that game at halftime. Mm-hmm. But we ran out of bullets in late in the game. And this year, that ain't the case. That That is not the case. And mm-hmm. I think that what you will see is Alabama's going to hunt one-on-one matchups like they always do for Mechie and Jamison Williams. Big thing that you saw to Auburn, though, no yards up to catch. Auburn was very good tackling a lot of Bama's short passes. They, they caught slants, tackled them for eight and not 15. They threw those swing pass out of the backfield that they were throwing last year to Devontae Smith, tackling them for five yards or negative one yard. Those are the things that keep Alabama from getting long, sustained drives on you. Because a play that goes for, on bad teams for 10 yards now goes for you against three, and you get better down in distance. You can call the pressures you want, set your coverages up. And I know that sounds over like an oversimplification, but Bama's going to hunt one-on-one matchups. They're going to seek to get the ball wide into space, and they're going to run the ball when they can. And – if Bama can't run the ball effectively, I, I think that Georgia's going to either get a lot of sacks and completely shut their offense down, or the ball's going to get thrown over their heads. I don't think there's any in between on that. That's I that's the part. One that's of those the part two to me, David. That's yeah. the difference is is the running game. I mean, we're, there's still plenty to be afraid of for the Alabama passing game. Yeah. But in the past, they always also had that two headed monster. Yeah. You know, uh, last year it, it was Najee Harris. Um, uh, you know, I going all the way back, I guess, maybe to the 2012 SEC championship game. Yeah. You know, Eddie it was, Lacey. it was Eddie Lacey in the fourth quarter. Destroyed like like we couldn't, we couldn't stop him, you know, um, they just don't have that same, um, you know, backhand shot anymore. Um, wow. And uh, it, it changes it a lot. And to be fair, Alabama did not piss a drop running the ball against Georgia for three quarters. And then mm-hmm. I think, I believe Najee Harris carried the ball 14 times in the fourth quarter and rolled yep. up a big, rolled up big yards on us. Um, yep. And they formation us to death to get us out of our good run fits. Mm-hmm. All right. So with that, let's flip over and take a look at the matchup of Georgia's offense versus Alabama's defense. So moving over to the offense, uh, Georgia is, as we've already mentioned, underrated on offense, which sounds crazy to say. They're averaging 41 points a game almost, and they're somehow underrated on offense because, as Scott, you mentioned – the run game isn't explosive like it has been some of the years when Georgia's been really good. I think that people think back to like the Sonny Michelle, Nick Chubb, 2017 Georgia run game where they were busting 50-yard runs every game. We don't really do that, at least not against a lot of the good teams. 
Um, our passing game is fairly explosive, but it's Stetson Bennett, and people think he throws the ball ugly, so they don't really want to give him credit for being an explosive passer. <laughs> and our best receiver is a white tight end from California. So <laughs> I don't feel like people really realize just how good this offense has been, but it's a very good offense. So what, what is it then? What, what is the secret to our success? Like David, you did a great pod, mostly on Stetson Bennett and maybe misperceptions about him. That's gotta be part of it, but you've already said several times in this pod, how underrated our offense is. What, why, why is it so underrated? What, what is the thing that people don't see about what we do? It's a couple of things. One, people don't respect the opponents we played. So every time Stetson has a good game, it's like, we can't do that against so-and-so. Well, it's like, Okay, well, he just did it against Florida. Well, Florida's not good this year. Okay, well, he did it against Arkansas. Arkansas is overrated. Okay, well, he did it against Auburn. Auburn's not oh, that good. He, like, he didn't even throw the ball against Arkansas. I know, but I'm just saying <laughs> you're right. He threw eight passes, yeah. I think. But, like, the point being, every time Bennett performs well, there's an excuse for why we shouldn't consider it to be the real thing. Mm-hmm. Or it's, well, Georgia just pushed them around and got garbage time rushing yards. Well, guess what? Those yards still count. Like, mm-hmm. And the second thing is that, Georgia is not explosive in the run game. And so when you churn out 150 yards on 28 carries and your longest run is 17 yards, people don't feel like you're an effective team running the ball. If you remember through the first four or five games, Stetson Bennett had our longest run. Remember that? It was like, you know, our two or three longest runs. And so to answer your question, Jonathan, the key to our offense is efficiency. When it's third and five, we get six yards. When it's first and 10, we get five yards. We, we come up with super manageable third downs. That's one of the things we're really good at. And we convert. And people just don't find that sexy because you're not scoring 80-yard touchdowns every game. Mm-hmm. And that's what people think makes a good offense. But you know what also makes a good offense? Being good in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Even if you're good in the red zone is you throw a 10-yard pass and then run the ball four times and get it in from the 10. But that's not sexy. Mm-hmm. And so, I, Scott, you have anything to add to that? I mean, part of it is this year very much, even more so than past years, Georgia being good or not on offense is viewed primarily through the lens of will this team win a national championship? Championship, Yeah. And through the lens of if you want to win a national championship, you have to be elite on offense, right? So you're being compared to the Alabama offense from last year and the LSU offense from the year before, right? The, those offenses were both highly successful and highly explosive running the ball and passing the ball and totally on their own terms, doing whichever they chose, whenever they chose, but because that's really also historically great. So not like totally a fair thing, right? Every defense in all of college football for the next five years is not bad just because they're not as good as Georgia's defense this year. Right. Correct. That's not the right way to look at it, but that's how people are looking at it, especially for offense right now. Um, and so a big part of it is, you know, Georgia's pretty balanced as far as how much they run the ball and throw the ball. Right. But Georgia's never really had to be in a point where the other team was dictating much, whether it has to be, you have to run it or you have to throw it because the, the game state and game situation has been pretty favorable. Right. Um, so that's part of it too. There haven't been a lot of situations where the offense was under high pressure, right? There haven't been a lot of situations where you needed to just drop back and throw the ball mm-hmm. a bunch for an entire half, right? Not even for like a whole drive. Has there even been a whole drive where that's been the case, right? Much, Maybe a two minute less, drill. Yeah, much less a half or a game, yeah. right? And the two minute drill, you're up 24 nothing probably. And it's just like a practice <laughs> two minute drill. So there's no pressure. Um, so that's part of it, but, but yeah, it's just that, you know, the run game has been very stable and successful, mm-hmm. right? So getting word. six yards on when you need five, Yeah, it hasn't been super explosive. The passing game has been high yards per attempt and very explosive. And minimal a lot times. of times off play action. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. and yes. when you're picking your spots, right. But not a lot of times where you're just dropping back on third and 10 and just be like, sorry, 15 yards. You can't stop it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what it was like for those LSU and Bama teams. That's the difference, or, you know, sort of big picture perception wise. And just to clarify <laughs> something about when I, the evidence that George is explosive on offense, in the passing game, 
Alabama, who we all think is just ridiculously good offense, right? 9.8 yards per pass attempt, Georgia 9.7. Folks, we're telling you, this is a great offense. It ain't so, 2019 LSU. But this is a great offense. Yes. So, and I can answer my own question a little bit um, and also talk specifically about the SEC championship game. I, I mean, one of the things certainly that has people underrating our offense is Stetson Bennett, mm-hmm. period. Yes. Like, we, yes. we don't need to talk yes. a lot about yes. that yes. or even like how much of that is like true or not. Cause as we said, David, you did a whole podcast on that and it was, and it was really great. And I would recommend everybody to listen to that. There were some really interesting things in there. That's absolutely one thing. Another thing I think um, is that maybe we thought possibly coming into this season that we had some holes on the offensive line mm. and um you could pick out your least favorite player on offensive line and think of moments they've had in the season. But for, for most part, I think the offensive line has really overperformed and talking about matchups with the Alabama defense and the sec championship game. um, If before the season I had said, I kind of like the matchup of Warren McClendon against Will Anderson. Like that would have been an absurd statement. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it still is. Will Anderson for all the talk he gets and he's going to get more like is really, really outstanding defensive player. And we're going to have problems with him. Um, But how incredible has Warren McClendon been this year? I mean, Jamari Sawyer, I think has also been our best offensive lineman. So if he's over on the right side of the defense and Jamari Sawyer's in, he'll be against him. Even when Sawyer's been out, how good has Roger Jones been? So, you know, to not even get into the interior of the offensive line, but like um, at the tackle position, we have been maybe like unexpectedly good. Are we like, first or second in the country in sacks allowed or something. I, it's, it's, it's yeah. a very good number. I, I know, I know it was since Stetson Bennett's been the quarterback, which has something to do with his mobility as well. Yeah. Um, but I think that group has overperformed maybe. And, and the lack of times we throw 20 times in a game, right? Right. Like, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the, the service academies will always lead the nation in fewest sacks <laughs> taken. Um, I always felt fine about our tackles because Sawyer and McClendon, had already played whole seasons and been good tackles before this year. So I, you know, personally was never super concerned about tackle. I haven't felt like they underperformed or overperformed this year. I thought they'd be good. They've been good. Mm -hmm. Um, The guard play can scare me at times because the guard play is inconsistent, right? Sometimes the guard play is good. And sometimes the guards don't get a hand on a defensive lineman. And that's bad. Real bad, even right. Van Pran um, has been so good, though. I think Van Pran has been good. He's been yes. really good. Yes, on the perimeter, tackles, even when they get him yeah. out. Yeah, tackles and center have been good. Uh, overall, the pass game, the offensive line as a whole, mm-hmm. has been very good. Mm-hmm. If Warren Erickson does not get blown by in the first point two seconds, you're gonna have eight <laughs> seconds to throw the ball mm-hmm. for whatever yeah. reason. It's been extremely binary with him in pass block, right? <laughs> right. I mean, literally, you got zero seconds or eight seconds. There's no in between. And Bama doesn't have a dominant pass rush outside of Will Anderson, who leads the nation in sacks. We need to say that. I think he came in today at 12. I don't know what the number is now. But uh, they're blitzing to get pressure a lot. And when they blitz, they play a lot of man. And this is the first Bama team in a long time that's not good at it, especially at the safety position. I think that every one of their safeties, Malachi Moore, I think battle, I think they've all taken a step back. I think they've been significantly worse in coverage than they were last year. And I didn't with, think they were that good. I didn't okay, think they were okay. that good. But <laughs> I, I thought teams were having to sling the ball because Alabama punted six times in regulation last year. Is that a real stat? At non-garbage time, six punts mm-hmm. last and, year. And, and the uh, thing is – Four, four against us, two against the oh, other. Oh, really? Two in okay. the other 14 games. That's ridiculous. But yeah. Bama is not good in man coverage this year. And Texas A&M found the matchup. Zach Kozada played like Aaron Rodgers. And they had guys like Anias Williams who can beat man coverage. And Watermeyer who can beat man coverage. And Alabama has not been good against tight ends because their safeties aren't great in coverage. And who has the most athletic tight end in the country, which isn't even debatable. Oh, mm-hmm. Georgia. Mm-hmm. Oh, who also has a six, seven tight end that's really good over the middle of the field. Oh, wait, Georgia. 
The tight ends are going to be a huge problem for Alabama, even if we can't beat them one-on-one on the outside. And the other thing is that Josh Job is not Patrick Sertan, and he has gotten flambéed a couple of different times this year in man coverage. He has not been good. And I'm just telling you, if Alabama has to blitz to bring pressure and play man coverage, Stetson Bennett's going to be throwing rainbows down the sideline to Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers and, I hope, George Pickens. Now, this goes into one of the things that is one of the that sets I'm saying, Yeah, hopefully, unless he just yeah. randomly throws it to Alabama, and it's like yeah. five times it's perfect, and then just randomly throws it to the wrong team. He's going to throw it, and he's going to underthrow one. But but the thing is here is, is one of Stetson Bennett's strengths is throwing the deep ball, which drives people crazy because his deep ball is either like beautifully thrown, perfect rainbow, or it's underthrown by three yards, and one of our receivers is having to knock it down or make a great catch. But – if you go back and watch JT Daniels, great plays from last year, you go watch the Mississippi State game. He has four great throws and then two underthrows that Jermaine Burton saves him on. So that's just the way it is. And I get tired of people pointing out, oh, he doesn't have enough arm strength. He threw a ball 50 yards in the air to Lad McConkey against Auburn. Like 55 mm-hmm. yards in the air. That, that's such a lazy assessment of who he is. People thin slice him. They thin slice him all the time. They really do. But I will tell you this, watching Georgia's, Georgia's uh, offense versus Bama's defense, two things I can tell you. They will have no answer for the tight ends. I'm just telling you that. And Georgia can win win one-on-one matchups on the outside. Here's the last thing I want to tell you. Alabama, for the athleticism they have at linebacker, they are susceptible in coverage. We know that from the last couple of years. Georgia's gotten them with linebacker matchups the last few years. James Cook, I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. He will have at least one big play in the passing game in this game. I'm just guaranteed. Christian Harris cannot run with him. Henry Toa Toa probably could run with most running backs, but not with James Cook. So, and those are good players. Those are both NFL players. But I think those are two advantages that I see Georgia having and one big difference in Alabama's defense from the past years. Go ahead, Scott. I'll say, if our wide receivers are healthy enough, which, man, is even more debatable after today with uh, yeah. <laughs> Kira Jackson got hurt again today, right? Um, but – the first touchdown in the Tech game it was the first touchdown, right? The pass to Burton. To Burton. They all blur together to me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was a wheel route by Brock Bowers where two guys follow Brock Bowers. Brock Bowers. Safety rolls over to him and just completely forgets the receiver like running up the seam, right? So there will be some of that, right? And Stetson you know, threw a dot. I mean, yeah. a dot in the back of the end zone beautiful, off of one foot. Beautiful throw. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure that Alabama will be game planning to have numbers, right, to try and not get, you know, to overcome bad matchups with Bowers on linebackers and safeties and, you know, with James Cook in the passing game. If you put extra guys over the top, you know, Burton's still there at, and maybe Pickens, maybe Blaylock, who knows. McConkey, um, A.D. Mitchell when he wants to catch the ball. God. So frustrating. He's so talented. He he can get open. Dude can get open. Always open. Dude can get open. <laughs> it's like basketball. Maybe there's a reason he's open. No, I'll let him drop it. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's self-check. Um, the, the other thing about the tight ends, too, it um, does go to, you know, Will Anderson, and if we potentially have any problems with him, um, having the tight ends in the game helps mm-hmm. with the blocking in, in both phases, uh, in the run game and in the pass game. And um, all three of our tight ends that we play regularly Block. are all very, all very block. good blockers. Yes. Um, and so, you know, even if, uh, you know, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to dedicate one of those guys to like, you know, forming the pocket, uh, you'd much rather than be sort of like chipping as they're going across the middle or something like that. Um, but um, even that, even if you're playing a lot of two tight ends, we even play three tight ends sometimes. Mm-hmm. Munkin does a lot of tricky things with them when they're all in the game at the same yes, time. Yes, he does. Um, and that actually just sort of makes it even more difficult. Um, so, you know, I think that is maybe a bit of an antidote for for Anderson and also just a matchup that we're going to have an advantage over anybody in the country. You will see a ton of 12 personnel in this game. And Georgia's favorite <laughs> You'll 12 You'll see pers- 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But specifically with 12, what Georgia will do is they'll get in a double slot formation where each of the tight ends are lined up as wingbacks. And that's probably their most versatile formation because what you'll get there is they like to run counter out of it where they will have Darnell Washington down block. And what he'll do is they will double the defense. They will double the 
three technique or the four technique, and then they'll have the tight end climb to the inside backer so he can't get over the top. And then they'll have Bowers come plop, kick out the end, or they'll flip it, have Bowers double team, climb to the linebacker, and Darnell Washington come and kick out. And counter, if you've watched any Georgia football, it's been Georgia's best run play all year. They could run it every play and get six yards if they wanted to. And then the switch, the changeup that they do off of that is they bring Bowers to cross it for Mace like he's going to kick out, and he's in the flats for a dump off. And as you know, when Bowers mm-hmm. catches that ball, that's 20 yards. Mm-hmm. That's the stuff no, you're talking or, about, Jay. Or 80. Or 80. <laughs> and then sometimes – they have Jordan Davis at tailback, which, which <laughs> then, then what do you do? God, God I don't us. expect we'll see that this weekend, but we didn't get to break down the Charleston Southern game. So, you know, I just thought I'd bring that up. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> wasn't much different than the tech game. So in conclusion here, and I think we're all in agreement here, this is going to be the typical Georgia offensive performance. It's going to be slug, 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 and then good drive for a touchdown. And then, oh, random 40 yard pass play. And then you look up and Georgia's got 20, five points in the third quarter, but you don't feel like they've really done anything on offense. I mean, I don't know why I picked the number 25. That was random, but you get the point. <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I think is interesting, right? We all agree Georgia has a pretty good run defense, right? A little bit. Yeah. Giving up two and a half yards per rush. Alabama defense giving up 2.7. That is a surprisingly not that big of a wow. difference. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we talked about one of the reasons that people are not totally bought in on the offense, right? It's not hard to imagine a game where Alabama is actually scoring multiple touchdowns, yeah. which is just a situation Georgia hasn't seen a whole lot this year, which <laughs> says a lot on its own, right? Alabama scoring multiple touchdowns, Georgia not getting a whole lot in the run game and needing to actually throw the ball. Yeah. Right. Right. It that's a little bit of an unknown, right? You know, what how's the offensive line going to hold up against Will Anderson in that scenario, right? How does Stetson look in that scenario? Um, we haven't seen that kind of stuff a whole lot. We also don't know <laughs> who's going to play left tackle. Will Sawyer play left yeah, tackle? That's a good point. We'll be watching. Will, will, will Sawyer play left guard, right? Mm-hmm. Will, will Erickson or Trust play right guard? You know, we'll. Will Broderick Jones play? Will Schaefer play? I imagine they've tried to be pretty steady and tried to be Sawyer, Schaefer, Van Pran, Erickson, McClendon, right? I think a lot of people, probably myself included, would rather see Jones and Sawyer on the left side and mm-hmm. see Truss at guard. At You know, Truss, I think, is not all that – a whole lot more consistent than uh, Erickson has been. But at least when he gets a hold of somebody, he can really maul them and, and yeah. give you something physically different. So for me, if you're going to have an offensive lineman that's inconsistent, at least give me like the big physical guy that has the the higher highs. Ben Cleveland. Yeah, that, I mean, exactly. What, yeah, Ben Cleveland. Yeah, same thing. And we remember, right, how much did the offense, how much did the run game change when Ben Cleveland yeah. took over a starting spot, mm-hmm. right? And so you can have the same kind of thing, right? If all of a sudden your guards are Sawyer and Truss, <laughs> hey, man, all of a sudden we're going to find those explosive run plays again, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, And you make a good point, Scott. It's not hard to see a world in which Alabama stops people from running, stops Georgia from running the ball. I mean, they only give up 86 rushing yards a game, and Auburn did not run the ball well against them. Um, but can Alabama do that without committing numbers to the box? Right, right. Because Georgia – Georgia's strategy is always, and Kirby has said this in his clinics, I'm going to stop the run with six, always, sometimes mm-hmm. at five. And if I can't, then I'm in trouble. But with the guys he's had the last two years, he's always been able to stop it with five or six, even against the good teams. And can Alabama do that? Right. Where, where the Georgia offense could get into trouble, right, is when you count on big plays – on a small number of pass plays, right? You open up the possibility of variance, yeah. right? So, like, <clears throat> if you have a game plan, we're gonna throw the ball fifteen times, and you're counting on hitting like five big plays. Yeah, yeah. What happens when one of them's a drop, one of them is a pass interference that's not called, 
one of them, the guy lands one toe out of bounds. And now you have two or three big plays instead of five big plays. Yeah. And that takes 10 points off the board because of random chance, because you don't have uh, that reliable game where you can just consistently throw for 10, 15, 20. It's interesting in a game that's coming at the end of the season with two known programs, right? After 12 games each, there's actually still some unknowns yeah. on the table for yeah. uh, some specific matchups or, or game situations that they haven't faced a lot yet. And part of this is Georgia hasn't seen a really good offense all year. They really have it, but obviously Bama hasn't seen a defense, anything like Georgia. So it's like, kind of like, okay, well, neither, neither is seen a team, a unit as good as what they're about to face. So it's like how they're going to perform. You don't really have a good comparison, but as we wrap that up, as we, as we wrap up with that part, let's move into our predictions and finish with that. Scott, will you give some of the metric predictions? You've got that information gathered together like you do such a good job of. That's why you are the stat assassin. Yeah, so um, Georgia opened as a four-and-a-half-point favorite in Vegas, and I think that it was actually, you know, had moved down to four, and yeah. then uh, Alabama versus Auburn happened, and that line jumped to six real quick. Already? Mm-hmm. It's already at yeah. six? Oh, yeah. Hey, people making money, they're not wasting time, man. This is being recorded like, about that, three hours after the game, Alabama-Auburn game, by the way. I, I wasn't paying attention. I was driving. That line might have moved at halftime, man. Wow. Right? Like, people get on that quick. Anyway, so right now, at per Vegas, Georgia's favored uh, by six. The over-under is right about 50. Okay. So that would come out to a score of, like, 28-22 Georgia. Um, I think a lot of people probably agree, 28-22 Sounds like a pretty reasonable yeah, game between these two teams, right? A, a one-score game in the 20s kind of feels pretty on point, right? Um, at SP Plus, I think, has UGA by about five before today's games. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama tomorrow. Yeah, lost a, a point or two there. Um, I think FEI had at Georgia by about seven. Um, and, and FPI, which is the... ESPN run metric. I don't think they have lines, but they had Georgia as a 60% chance. Mm -hmm. So 60, 40 Georgia over Bama. So all those things are pretty in line, right? Georgia by five, by six, by seven, Um, you know, pretty clearly a better team, but still like a one score game, right? (laughs) Alabama is still a pretty good program. Uh, Breaking news. I know. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So um, uh, that being said, Georgia's eight and four against the spread this season. And so even as these spreads have gotten bigger, um, Vegas has had a hard time keeping up. You look at those fours, man, those are like some backdoor covers. That's like some, these are not like, oh, Georgia was favored by 24 and then won by three. And it was a, a game where they just really just, you know, didn't play well, didn't cover. Like the dumb play at Charleston Southern broke the cover last week. Yes, the uh, very wild, non-repeatable play against yeah. Charleston Southern. The very last second touchdown by Kentucky. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Though That's how Georgia's not covering the spread. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all that said, I had my final score as 30-20 Georgia. Yeah, a lot of places have it more like Georgia by a touchdown. I think we've been a little bit better mm-hmm. than the spread has said all season. Uh, 30 points is kind of on the lower end for our mm-hmm. offensive performance so far mm-hmm. this year. Bama is actually one of the better defenses we'll have played, right? Yeah. Not as good yep. as Clemson to start yep. the season, but, and, you know, uh, Alabama had 20 against LSU, 10 against Auburn. So, sure, they only had 10 against Auburn. We could hold them to 10 or something. That's certainly on the yeah, table. Possible. But, you know, a more average outcome, I think they'll, well, they'll have Jameson Williams for the whole game right. <laughs> instead of, like, What's half a quarter or whatever. Big factor. There. Yeah, big factor. So anyway, yeah, I I had thirty to twenty. That seems pretty reasonable to me. Jonathan, did you have a prediction for the game score wise? Yeah, I in my head, I'm I'm thinking something like twenty seven twenty. Okay. Um, so I kind of right on where some of those lines are. I mean, really close to what Scott predicted, and you know, in my in my heart, I I want to pick something that's even more adventurous than that i we we have (laughs) just as we just like everything scott just said you know we have really outperformed sort of expectations over and over again 
and I fully expect us to beat Alabama. And part of me does think that they are going to surprise me again. And, and we might win by, you know, two or three scores or something. So yeah, I'm, I'm thinking maybe 27, 20 somewhere in there. And I said last week, that I thought the four point line that originally came out was way too low. And you, we all agreed on that. And so I said, if this game was played today, I think this was like last Thursday we were talking. I said, if this game was played today. I'd have Georgia by nine and that could change by next week. It didn't. I got Georgia 30 to 21. And like you, Jonathan, I think it could be worse than that. Um, I do think that when you have a defense that's at this level, you have less variance in the outcomes as opposed to a team that relies on offense because just generally things like tackling and pass rush have less variables that affect them. I mean, when you're at this level. Um, And so I just think that this is a game that Georgia is going to win comfortably, but that won't be a blowout if that makes any sense, Mm -hmm. which is probably about the most Georgia way you could win is like the game never really feels like you're about to pull away but you don't feel like you're about to lose. And that's kind of what I expect to happen. Now, of course, you never know. Turnover, special teams plays. Alabama, who's been pretty atrocious on special teams recently. Um, I just – you never know how those things could swing the game one way or the other. But, yeah, I think that Georgia fans should feel really good about this game, as good as you can possibly feel going into an Alabama game because they are still the premier program and the greatest college ball dynasty of the modern era. I'll say this. What's more likely? Georgia winning like 34 to 13 and winning by three touchdowns Yeah, or Alabama winning by like 10. Oh, the first is way more likely. I think so too. Yeah. Now is there a world in which Stetson Bennett throws two picks? We don't run the ball effectively. Jameis William hits two long touchdowns. We miss a field goal and we lose 34 to 20. That world exists. I just think that's a lot less likely than outcome. Like you said, Scott. Yeah, so that world will exist in my dreams tonight, probably. And you can definitely see trends when teams match up this often. And the trend has been that Georgia has played Alabama extremely well for at least half to two thirds of the game, (laughs) or in two cases, three quarters of the game. And then Alabama's made adjustments and their talent's taken over. And I just don't think that that's the case here. I don't think Alabama has the more talented team. I don't think Alabama has the better personnel on the line of scrimmage which has been a huge difference in these last two games. And uh, I just think this is maybe the year that Georgia finally gets it done. To your point, I think in years past, um, Bama had a better, more talented roster, top to bottom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But, you know, say go back to like 2017, right? I mean, now you're, was it 2017, 2018? Yep. 2019, 2020, playing like every year now. Georgia never looked like they didn't belong. The players mm-hmm. are not scared of Alabama no, the same no. way that, that fans are scared of Alabama. The yes, players don't yes, believe yes. that they are not in Alabama's league the same way that like narratives are talked about as right. So that's just really not a thing. But go back to 2017, Alabama has had 38 players, I think, drafted off of that 2017 team oh my they're tied they are tied with the early 2000s miami, miami. for the most nfl draft picks off, one, off roster. one roster at once they still have guys from that team that are going to be drafted this year like brian robinson wow at running back what the second they have one like super senior drafted this year they'll be breaking the miami records for most drafted players on one team holy crap okay i, I think georgia that year had like 25 players off the 2017 yeah. team that got totally drafted good. A very good number. That's still like 15 less players than Alabama had drafted. So you're playing that game down like 15 NFL draft picks. And more specifically, you're probably getting doubled up on like first round picks Mm. off those two teams, right? This year's team, that's not the case. Top to bottom, total talent, the roster is probably pretty similar. Alabama's just a younger team as far as like yeah. where the real, you know, they got a lot of talent in their freshman and sophomore class. They're probably going to, they're going to make a lot of people pay next year for, uh, you know, playing them close this year. They're gonna be like, oh, you dared to play a close game with us last year. So we're going to beat you by like 30, but it ain't next year yet. So, yeah. Yeah. well, I think that's a good stopping place. We went, way longer than I expected, but you know, that's just how these things go. And so hopefully you're still listening. All right. Well, 
This has been David Thay for the Tide Run Podcast with my my good amigos from the Dog Nation, Scott and J- and Dr. J. Dr. J, tell the people adios. Tyler Simmons was on sides. <laughs> and Scott, close us out. Yeah, y'all ready to book them tickets for Indy? Hey, I, I hear you. I hear you. This has been David Bethany for the Tide Run Sports Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening and go dogs.